0: To It's a Musical Podcast, the podcast show where I force my fiance to watch the musicals he really should have seen by now and then we talk about them.
1: I am the fiance. And
0: I'm Drew. and And today we are starting a new series.
1: I have definitely seen this musical.
0: Yes. So, with a lot of these in our little Disney musical series that we're doing, I say little, there's hundreds of these, but. We will have seen most of them at some point or other. There will be some that you have seen more often and some that you have seen less often. Yeah,
1: so obviously Snow White is one that I have seen a lot. I think it's been well over a decade since I last watched it. I know that when I was at university one of the things I wrote about was the evolution of animated films. Mm -hmm. And obviously talking about animated films, you can't not talk about Snow White. Yes. You know, in the same way that Toy Story is very much the Snow White of animated films, Mm -hmm. that it's this huge gamble.
0: Pixar animated films. Yeah, like computer
1: animated films. Yeah. You know, but... that it brought that medium that people thought wouldn't ever come to the forefront to a, a bigger audience. Yes. And I think with Snow White in a similar way to Toy Story, it's quite interesting that ro- watching it back, parts of it will I, I I feel not look as good as they once did.
0: Of course, because it's so old now and we're used to seeing more modern examples of, um, like, animation in that style. Even if you're not including all of the digitally animated films, like, I'm talking, like, post-Tangled. Yeah. Princess and the Frog, being the most recent of the traditional-looking Disney films... The difference between the quality of that and the quality of Snow White are obviously going to be massive. Because there's like a hundred years between those films.
1: But there will be others. So for instance, things like Pinocchio or Dumbo. Yeah. I have not watched since...
0: Being fully traumatised as a child.
1: Yeah, since being a child. Because these are ones that for me... I didn't enjoy as a child you know they were nightmare inducing and I do remember elements of that with Snow White which is interesting yeah but I'm really excited yes there'll be ones that we have watched very very recently you know we're going to go all the way up to you know Encanto and beyond you know whatever has come out past that time there are certain modern Disney's that I haven't seen I know that you know if we have to get to things like uh, Raya and the last dragon, I don't know if that's a musical, but I haven't seen that one.
0: I don't think it is,
1: but in the same way, there will be parts. And, you know, this is it, this is it. Is I don't know exactly what's going to fit our musical brief. Like we said, we have to have at least five songs for it to be in consideration. Mm-hmm. And these songs can't be background songs. So maybe Tarzan won't count as well as Brother Tarzan Bear. Tarzan doesn't count. Yeah. So there will be some that we will discount simply because it's not the characters singing them. Yeah. Which is going to be very interesting. Before we start talking about Snow White, I actually had a follow-up question for you from last week. Things like Mary Poppins or things like live-action Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin, will they count?
0: Yes, they will. But we won't be re-watching ones that we've already covered. So we won't be re-watching The Live-Action Lion King. And we won't be re-watching Mary Poppins Returns. But
1: Or Into the Woods then, presumably. Yeah, or Into the Woods.
0: <laughs> but we will watch... Uh, live-action ones that are musicals. So, for example, Pete's Dragon, the yeah. original one. Which not I've
1: not never seen.
0: Which is going to be really interesting to watch with you.
1: In the same way, then, things like The Muppets. Would we be including The Muppets on this as, as they were released under the Walt Disney banner?
0: I feel like we could do a whole separate series on The Muppets, though. <laughs> and I feel like we should do a whole separate it's really, series It's I'm
1: Muppets. really excited. We've been talking about this for well over a year about coming to this point. And, you know, that monthly review of Disney films that either we've seen but haven't seen for a long time or that I have never seen. Yes. It's going to be really exciting. And, you know, obviously we're going to start at the beginning, but what better one to start with than Snow White, really? I mean, you couldn't write the history of Disney better if you tried than starting with, like, a really classic story.
0: Yes. So, before we actually start talking about Snow White, there has been a lot of controversy over the last couple of weeks about Disney specifically funding people who are funding the Don't Say Gay Bill. Yes. I'm sure it has a different name.
1: But that's what it, we are.
0: That's what we're going to call it. Yeah. Um, we don't support that, obviously. And No,
1: we're teachers. And it's absolutely vital that we talk about
0: LGBTQ plus issues in schools because we want to keep children safe And not only safe, but alive. So we are completely against what they are doing. And as a queer podcaster, I feel like, (laughs) stuff them. I'm going to talk about their movies and be queer at the same time.
1: I will say this. Obviously, the pressure that the Disney animators have put on, Mm -hmm. the fact that they have spoken out is amazing. And the fact that they have actually triggered an apology from the CEO on their silence and their funding on the matter and a promise to do better and to stop making political donations.
0: Yes, but we will reserve our judgment until they do better, basically. And this
1: is it, but certainly as teachers ourselves, I, I would refuse point blank to work in an environment where I couldn't promote LGBTQ plus lifestyles. And have discussions with students on why we should respect and preach tolerance and make sure they're safe. Yeah. I would refuse to work in that environment. And Florida has got it very wrong.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't care being on record saying that. They have absolutely got this one wrong. There is no place for that.
0: Yeah,
1: It's on par with saying we won't talk about straight cis couples. That That's what they've essentially said.
0: Yeah. And we could really overanalyze this and get really, really deep into talking about this. But we just want you to know that we love all of you. And if you think that it's right to pass the Don't Say Gay Bill, then stop listening to our podcast because we don't need you (laughs) here.
1: Yeah. No, I, 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 I would agree with that. I'd stand by that. Yeah. And obviously we're talking about Disney, you know, this... You know, obviously it came at a week where we were like, oh, should we cancel this? Season? No, we're not going to. But we are going to
0: talk but about this. But we are this. going to talk yeah. about
1: this nonetheless because it is important to both of us, you know, both within our personal lives and our professional lives.
0: Yes. Let's hope there's a big, bright, beautiful tomorrow. <laughs> that would be lovely. So, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves began development in 1934. Before
1: finally coming out in 1937. Yes. That's how long
0: it takes to make an animated movie. Yes. Mm -hmm. In 1934, he announced, Walt himself, announced the production of this and that it was going to be released under Walt Disney Productions. Until then, they had never done a feature-length film. In that same year, one evening while they were in production, Walt Disney and his staff basically his entire staff uh, were talking through what the film was going to look like and Walt Disney storyboarded the entire movie himself and then acted out the entire movie with voices and character so that everybody would know what the story of this movie would look like
1: that's very, very cool. Yes. And obviously this isn't the first, like, animated feature. You know, the Mickey Mouse cartoons and the Oswald, the... Is it Oswald the Lucky Rabbit? Yes. Os- Didn't
0: belong to him at this point.
1: No, but Disney has been making these things for a while. This isn't all Disney's first foray, thinking, like, I want to make animations now. Mm-hmm. An established name. But yeah. But this is...
0: He wanted to expand his studio, basically, yes. by moving into feature-length films. And he estimated... That Snow White and the Seven Dwarves could be produced for a budget of $250,000, which is 10 times the budget of anything he had ever made before.
1: But again, this is by like modern standards. Like that money seems like nothing in 2022.
0: For a film to be made on. You look
1: at what Frozen 2's budget was. However, back in the 30s, post Wall Street crash, the midst of the Depression, this is huge. Huge,
0: huge money,
1: huge risk.
0: Yep, he and he it, took out loans for this. He remortgaged his house; like it was crazy.
1: And this is it because his his ambition was to make the first feature length animated film. Now, I I remember this being roughly about seventy minutes long, but when we actually looked on Disney Plus to kind of how long is this going to take, it's closer to ninety minutes. Yeah, but again, you know, I guess it's that kind of growing up thing you get some really short animated films but obviously then you've got nowadays films are pressing length
0: Mm -hmm. with the
1: ease of the technology available to them they are presumably creating technologies with which to do this yeah
0: and you're going to see when we watch it some of the technologies that were created by disney and his people that made cinema history the way that they were filming animation was new but obviously over and over again he was told this is a terrible idea that is a lot of money and he actually ended up running up over a million dollars yeah um to make this film
1: which isn't just a big amount for an animated film but for any film of this period yeah one of the things i remember is loads of people within Hollywood were like laughing behind his back. This was known as Disney's folly. They're like, you are going to crash and burn. This will never happen. Everyone saw it as a risk with no reward. Nobody believed this was going to pay off.
0: Well, and we watched the documentary on Disney Plus about how Disneyland was made and specifically Epcot and how Walt Disney didn't think about money. Is one of the sort of key things that they talked about in that documentary. Roy Disney, his brother and business partner, was the one that dealt with all of the money, the loans, the paying back all of the loans. And in the making of Snow White, Roy Disney tells Walt Disney, hey, this is a terrible idea, you're spending too much money now. But they persevered. And obviously, this did make a buttload of money and also is cinema history.
1: Yeah, it won Oscars. I know that it specifically won a Oscar but was then given honorary Oscars that were designed to look like the Seven Dwarfs.
0: Well, no, so the Oscar that they won, it was a normal Oscar on its plinth, but its plinth had steps going down behind it and the uh, mini Oscars were going down behind it. Yes, Uh, because
1: it was nominated for the Best Musical Score I assume, didn't win if it's just nominated. Mm -hmm. But then he received an honorary award a year later for it. Mm -hmm. Was it always planned to be a musical?
0: Yes, because talkies are happening now.
1: So this is very much like the singing in the rain thing of, you know...
0: It's not a new concept because obviously there'd been Mickey Mouse... uh... Talkies already. Because they were the Walt, silly
1: symphonies weren't they?
0: Yeah but Walt is the voice of Mickey Mouse in those which yes. is very cute but the um, this was always going to be musical the focus on uh, telling these stories through song has always been prevalent in Walt Disney stories because that's just how he saw the world which yeah. is very cool. Worldwide this movie has made $418 million, which is... Uh, I think I got the money back that he it
1: back, you know? One of the other interesting things I remember from this is it starts to see not only the growth of, you know, different media to tell stories with, but also merchandising opportunities. Mm-hmm. This was the first American film to have a soundtrack album released. Yeah. You know, so obviously we then look at... You know, that impact as well, that you're now creating more money opportunities based off something, which is very, very cool.
0: Yeah. This is obviously based off of the Grimm's fairy tale. So the darker telling of the Snow White story. So when they originally were working on the script, it was a lot longer than the 90-ish minutes that we see it out now. There were other ways that the Queen tried to kill Snow White. Uh, one of the ways that he, uh, that the Queen tries to kill her in the book is that she has this poisoned comb. That yes. when you brush it through your hair, it kills you,
1: basically. Which Greek myth did that come from? I don't know off the top of my head. Oh, it's, the, it's Medea. Yeah. She kills... Theseus's new bride with a golden comb. Good for her. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. all I
0: have to say. <laughs> Good for you, no, man. No, I, no, no. I
1: know we're not talking Greek, but that's still interesting to me.
0: Yes. Yeah. There was a whole sequence where the queen captured the prince and keeps him in her dungeon. One of the skeletons that is in the dungeon with the prince is called Prince Oswald.
1: <laughs> nice little reference.
0: Nice little reference. Uh, the prince... Is coerced into almost marrying the Queen. Oh, Yeah, and then he refuses, and so she leaves him to die, and then there's, like, the prince trapped in a room that fills up with water, and he has to escape from that.
1: That all sounds very good for the version of Snow White that they're going to make now. Yeah, right? And I would love to see that, instead of it just being a shot-for-shot remake of this, I think you can certainly expand it. But that is so ambitious for this iteration of Snow White, that there's a potential that because you're trying to do too much, it's like you're running before you can walk. Yes. They should be focusing on just making the first full length feature and hoping it's received well, then throwing everything at it and possibly, you know, like would an audience have been able to hold their attention for like two hours? Mm -hmm. Probably not. Would Well, we talked
0: about, uh, last week that when this was coming out I don't think it was last week we talked about it in a recent musical where when this film came out children weren't allowed in cinemas Yes. because there was an age rating to get into any cinema and regardless of the film you had to be like a teenager or older basically and Disney fought to get the age rating dropped in some places some places did it and were like yep that sounds good It's an animated film, whatever. Some places didn't. And we're like, no, we're not letting children in to these cinemas because that'll cause problems. Who wants children in cinemas? (laughs) But obviously people found ways of going to see this. Do you know what The Prince is called?
1: No, because he's charming in Once Upon a Time. Like, he is just Prince Charming in Once Upon a Time. Okay. And he's Snow White's Prince. And whilst most other characters have a name... Yeah. He is just Charming. So I don't...
0: But Disney held Prince Charming for Cinderella.
1: Yes. Which is why it gets confusing. Mm So Adam is Beast.
0: Yeah.
1: Eric is Ariel. Mm -hmm. Philip is Aurora. Yep. Charming is Cinderella. Is this one like Dave?
0: (laughs) No. So he is just called The Prince. He's credited as The Prince. However... He's sort of widely called Prince Ferdinand nowadays. Cool. Because of a mistake. Oh, really? So, Walt Disney, I think it was in announcing the opening of, and somebody can correct me on this, I'm sure, but in the announcing of Disney World or Disneyland is going to be a thing, he said, and you'll be able to see all of your friends there, like Snow White and Ferdinand and blah, blah, blah. And he carried on. And people were like, oh my God, Ferdinand must be the prince's name. Because Snow White and Ferdinand, but it's not. It's Ferdinand the Bull. That's yeah, yeah. And um, and people just thought that that's what he was talking about. Some people hadn't seen Ferdinand the Bull, and so
1: now he, that's it. It's now just, he's just Prince, Prince Ferdinand. Ferdinand.
0: Yeah.
1: We have, and and this is the thing. Obviously, you can see the origins of the Grimm's fairy tale here because the Grimm's were German, and obviously, I think very much this feels. You can see the influences of like. And and again, this is from my film background. I remember watching Nosferatu in the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Yeah. But like the angular shapes, especially with the forest scene. You know, you feel that German expressionist movement in it. Yeah. And I think that's very cool that obviously, you know, Disney are expanding things. We have the songs composed by Frank Churchill and Larry Morey, Mm -hmm. who worked on a lot of Disney features. We're going to hear those names a lot. Yeah. Uh, Frank Churchill worked on Snow White, Dumbo, Bambi, Peter Pan, and the adventures of Ichabod and Mr Toad. Yeah. Ichabod (sighs) Crane. Died very, very young of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Mm -hmm. Very, very sad. Larry Mori went on to work on other things as well, but is is really well known for Hi-Ho, Someday Prince Will Come, Whistle While You Work. Those are the three kind of yeah highlights of his career did also work on Ferdinand funnily enough, which is what prompted that from me, yeah, when this was released, this was so well received. I remember that you know I would took I remember writing about how this got standing ovations because people did not expect it
0: mm-hmm. opened a radio city musical. Originally, it had its premiere, obviously, but when it opened there, the box office success from that was like $4 million just in the United States and Canada. Which
1: is crazy. Mm -hmm. Judy Garland was there at the premiere. Mm
0: -hmm. So was Mickey Mouse.
1: (laughs) Actually, like Walt Disney, or did they have a giant Mickey Mouse? They
0: had character actors, yeah.
1: Very, very cool.
0: You've seen the... You you've seen Saving Mr. Banks, right? Yes. You know when they go to the premiere yeah. and all the characters are there? It's like that.
1: That's very cool. It's like off ran. It's not the ones you'd see nowadays. No, it is not. But this when it was released became the most successful sound film of all time. hmm You know, displacing the singing fall from nineteen twenty eight, but would lose the position very shortly after, as yeah. we see all the time nowadays mm-hmm. <laughs> to Gone with the Wind. Which if anything's gonna displace Snow White as the, you know, most successful sound film. Yeah. Dawn with the Wind is a pretty good follow-up.
0: But adjusted for inflation, this is the highest grossing animated film of all time.
1: Which is crazy when you consider modern cinema yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and there being far more screens and far more international features. Yes. You know, it's not just in like America and some European territories now. Frozen 2 was global. Yep. So it's very, very interesting that even now with inflation, this is more successful than anything else.
0: When they were casting this, (laughs) this isn't great. (laughs) It's not the best thing in the whole world, but while Disney was looking for actresses to voice Snow White. He wanted somebody who had a high-pitched but soft princessy
1: voice and yes. he knew
0: what he wanted that to sound like and but was, it's
1: difficult putting it into like words into words
0: yeah he was trying to explain it to some of his animators and one of his uh animators had a friend who they thought oh she'd be perfect for this so they rang her up Adriana Casaletti and said hi could you just speak to Walt Disney for a second put her on the phone she talked to Walt Disney and Walt Disney was like cool you're hired and <laughs> she was not allowed to sing in anything ever again.
1: But she's... She's the
0: property of Disney.
1: But she's in Wizard of Oz. She's allowed to Oz?
0: speak in other things. She says the line, where fraught Romeo in the Wizard of Oz.
1: That's so sad. That's But yeah, awful. She, she
0: never sang again in a, a feature length film. Because her voice was the property of Disney Studios.
1: So that's a really bad deal signed. But very, very much a part of the early Hollywood studio system
0: oh absolutely but yes the iconic Snow White voice is Adriana Castelletti she also provided the physical aspect of Snow White so what they would do when they were making these films is what Disney would bring actual animals and people onto a closed set so that the animators could all sit and draw from life to get an idea of what they wanted the character to look like Now, at the time, the animators were very against rotoscoping, which is where you just trace the movements of something real and turn it into an animation. And that's fine. It looks really good when it's done very well, but it was frowned upon at this time. And so what they had instead was they would have the actress act some of the scenes and then they would draw and get the ideas from her. And then sometimes they'd just be like, okay, can you just twirl for us, please? We're all going to draw you while you twirl. Or they would bring bunnies in and they would sit and draw bunnies for a whole day to get all the different movements of the bunnies. It's great. It's such a good idea because drawing from life can often make things look much, much better. And as an artist and an art teacher, I always recommend uh, life drawing and having a reference is so important. I can't get on board with people who are like, no, no, you shouldn't have a reference when you're drawing. You should just know how to do it. No, my brain is already too full of things to memorise the way that a skirt looks when somebody twirls. So this is like such a good idea. And there are some really, really nice videos out there in the world of them doing this.
1: It's very cool. Do you want to know a fun fact? Always. Snow White has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame and is the only Disney princess to do so.
0: Cool. Doesn't Mickey Mouse have one as well?
1: Yes, but very few fictional characters do cool you know this is a legacy that really has obviously stood the test of time disney i don't think would still be here today if not for snow white and the seven dwarfs
0: Mm. i think well they've gone bankrupt so
1: no but that's 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 exactly what i mean is we wouldn't be looking at this global empire
0: sorry i looked up a list of um fictional characters who have Stars on the Walk of Fame. Kermit has one. Kermit the Frog has one. Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse. Bugs Bunny. The Munchkins from the Wizard of Oz have one. They deserve one. Yeah. All of the Muppets. But it's their credit says The Muppets. Bugs Bunny has one. Shrek has one. The Rugrats do. That's cool. Snoopy, Tinkerbell and Winnie the Pooh.
1: Nice. Yeah. But she is the only Disney princess. Mm -hmm. Until Frozen 3.
0: Well, so... Bell at the time was a Disney princess and then she got moved out when they decided on the Disney princess court. Yes. So she would have been at the time.
1: I'm sure we will talk about that.
0: Oh, we absolutely can. Anyway. And Donald Duck.
1: Is Donald Duck on there? Mm. No Goofy? Nope, not
0: right. for sir.
1: Justice for Goofy. Let's get that trending. I'm, I'm excited. Me too. I think too. we need to strap ourselves in. We're going to go back in time yes indeed and we are going to enjoy I hope Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs what's aged well what do we dislike you have to find out after intermission because it's off to work we go Just whistle while you work And cheerfully together we can tidy up the place So hum a merry tune mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. It won't take long when there's a song to help you set the pace
0: We are back.
1: Yes, we are. We have been in glorious Technicolor.
0: Yes, indeed. And
1: we are ready to talk Snow White. Yeah. I love this overture. It's so, like, classic. Yep. Would it make your overture playlist
0: uh, yes, absolutely, it would because it's the majority of it is just one song, and I am wishing, which mm-hmm. I really
1: like. There is a lot of songs I forgot existed in this one, mm-hmm. which is really fun. Like outside of the obvious, you know, high hoes, whistle while you work, yeah, one day my prince. Mm-hmm. I I've forgotten about a lot of the other ones, but it's like we started watching. It's like oh my god, I remember this. This really, this is what I am hoping this series does for me is it just takes me back to a simpler time because adulting is hard.
0: Yeah,
1: and it's going to be nice to just be a child again for these magical brief moments mm-hmm. one of the things was nice and I don't know if this is a recent edition or if this has always been the case I don't remember it but Walt thanking his staff I think that's really nice
0: like yeah, like before no, that the film is, begins that isn't a recent edition that's just what he did
1: I so think that's nice Just there, were,
0: there was always something at the beginning
1: yeah, it's it's a nice... Because, you know, nowadays you might wait until the end of the credits and you'd have something there.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think actually putting it before, that's pretty cool.
0: The last one that I remember them doing that in is... Um, oh my God, what's it called? The one with the boy who time travels to the future with his, like, son and... There's the guy with the bowler hat that's like chasing him through time because he ruined his life.
1: I have no idea what that oh my god, is. No. Is that Meet the Robinsons? Yes, I've Me never the seen that one.
0: Oh my god, it's not a musical. I don't like it particularly. I don't think it's a very good film. There are bits in it that are great like his he meets the girl that's going to be his wife when he yeah. grows up and then in the future he meets her and she teaches frogs how to sing and like that's just a thing that she does. <laughs> Incredible. But at the beginning of that film there is a quote from Walt Disney that is then broken down into a very famous Walt Disney quote which is keep moving forwards. Yeah, Which has since been explained by different CEOs of the Walt Disney company throughout history but also a lot of his animators where they say that if Walt Disney was alive today he wouldn't care what we changed about his films. He wouldn't care what was made new in the world because he wasn't a sentimental person and that was his motto was keep moving forwards if the world changes around you you change with it
1: so he would be quite happy then to have all these cgi computer animated features he'd he'd love it if he was new
0: technology he
1: woke up from his cryo chamber he'd be so happy obviously
0: cool please sponsor us disney (laughs) (laughs) that'd be lovely um Yes, so speaking of new technologies, we immediately get the multiplane camera, which is something I'm so excited to talk about.
1: Is this before or after the book?
0: This is after the book. So, so I
1: I do like the book opening. I think it's a very very nice thing. Like you've got a nice camera shot like you, it's not cuz that that's live action, you know, you filmed this book and you have
0: That's in the first couple of Princess movies. Yes. Yeah. So there's a Cinderella one. There's a and I like one. that
1: as a returning motif, you know, for we're telling these stories and it's to take you into the world of the book.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: like in Friends where Jerry steps into the map.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: But yes, uh, and then, yeah, zoom yes. in. so,
0: what we see is we see the castle up on the hill with uh, hills, well, it's up on like a cliff and then there's hills and things in front of it and then we're in the forest yes. as the audience and the camera moves forwards out of the forest over the hills and up towards the castle in the background these are four separate layers of painting that are stacked together with a camera over the top of it so the camera is facing the floor basically and it zooms in as it goes down and the the camera actually doesn't move but the planes of the painting move towards the camera so that we can move through it and closer cool. to the one in the back. It is so clever. It's sometimes called the parallax process, but uh, they use it for so many things in this movie. And then they also introduced the way that they can make the background spin around a character because you put your transparent layer with your character on it over the top of these backgrounds and then you can make the backgrounds move separately to the characters. So, with things like characters walking, you just animate them static walking and then move your background separately to it so that you don't have to like edit the background over and over again. You just make a long reel with the background on it so they can walk through it.
1: And is that why so many of like early Disney films have like the same movements and the same like sequences but with different characters? So, there's like moments where like. Jungle Book and Robin Hood, for instance, where you've got well, the, the Snow same White dancing. in
0: this movie is used for Maid Marian in Robin Hood.
1: Yes. So is that why? Because it's they, they they would just once they've used these, they would just kind of redraw over this sketch on the cellophane and then place it over.
0: Yeah. So that's rotoscoping, is where you reuse your uh, animation as yeah. well and that only starts to happen a little bit later on with Disney. Once they have sort of a bank of mm. animation because drawing this stuff takes a really long time. Yeah, that
1: you want to and recycle it. And when you're on a crunch, yeah, yeah, you
0: are going to be reusing it. But yeah, the multiplane camera was it wasn't invented for this film, but it was pr- prominently shown in yeah. this movie. Like there's a bit where uh the evil queen drinks her potion and the background all spins. And that's literally just, they have the evil queen animation on its own layer.
1: Yeah. And then they
0: spin the two planes of the background in opposite directions. It's very cool. So that it looks like it's moving. And it does
1: make it look amazing. Mm. And obviously as well, this opening, I feel is like iconic as we zoom in through the forest into the castle, you yeah. know, like replicated with things throughout Disney's history. Not like, not recycling the footage, but returning to this motif, like look at Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. You know, that idea of returning to this kind of thing is iconic and here's here's what i think is interesting if you were to speak to anyone on the street give them a mirror and you say to them be the evil queen how many people would say mirror mirror on the wall do you
0: know what's really funny about that? So there are obviously a lot of Snow White remakes already because it's a Grimm's fairy tale, and as long as you don't make it too much like the Disney one,
1: you can get away with it. You can get away
0: with it because it's a free form, free form property like Dracula nowadays,
1: nowadays, nowadays.
0: Yes, and Winnie the Pooh, but there is a remake that is called Mirror Mirror.
1: Yes, <laughs> which
0: is the Lily Collins. I don't know. Is that her name? The girl that's in Emily in Paris anyway. She, that's the one that she's in. And it's so weird. <laughs> because the Queen does say mirror, mirror over and over again. It's that one. Yeah,
1: but even in, the,
0: even in the Snow White and the Huntsman one, she says mirror, mirror.
1: But I wonder if that's because Disney have almost the exclusivity of magic mirror on the wall. But you know, I think it's one of those. Just those... put that in your Christmas quiz. But it is one of those, I think, pop culture things that, like, you know, it, it goes the Mandela effect. It is, but it's like yeah. the same, say, exactly the same thing as Empire Strikes Back. One of the most misquoted references ever. Same here. It's Magic Mirror on well, the wall.
0: And what did we talk about in our Wizard of Oz episode? The witch never once says, fly, fly my pretties. My... Yeah. <laughs> that like, where does that come from?
1: Right. Who knows? And it's very, very interesting when this happens. Obviously, I love the animation as the mirror kind of comes to life. Mm-hmm. And he tells the queen of one more beautiful skin as white as snow, he says. And she goes, oh, snow white. And that, that made me laugh yeah, so much. One funny. with skin as white as snow. Who else snow. could he have been talking about? Yeah. And then we cut down to Snow White, who is What's a her...
0: maid. She's a serving.
1: Who is she serving? Scullery maid.
0: Yeah. She's in the queen's castle.
1: Yes, and obviously she's you know... basically
0: been Cinderella'd.
1: Yes. So is she there to serve the queen specifically?
0: Well, she's a scullery maid.
1: So she's. Working... She would
0: never be upstairs. Basically, she would always scullery maids work in the kitchens. Basically, it's her so job interesting. Is the queen in the
1: kitchen. That we don't see any anyone else in this kingdom.
0: There are no other servants. Other or, than the huntsmen. Right? Yeah.
1: Literally, who else? It's so and I get it, like this isn't a criticism. I get it. You're not gonna work on animating all these characters because the budget per character is gonna be crazy. Yeah. And you're gonna have your, you know, seven dwarf characters, your prince, your queen, the huntsman. That's ten human characters right there, plus you've got the design for the mirror. So, realistically, 11 key characters that you have to work on animating
0: mm-hmm. without
1: then thinking about crowd scenes. That's a heck of a lot to do for something like this. But it's very, very interesting because it's so abandoned, this castle. Like, why Why does the Queen want to be Queen of this kingdom? No one's There's there. There's no one here. Yeah, they are all
0: left. <laughs> They're all over in Ferdinand's kingdom.
1: Right. Uh, we get I'm Wishing. She uh, asks if the birds want to know a secret and asks if they promise, promise not, not to, to tell. tell. And I really like that the when she sings into the wishing well, the birds are scared of her echo.
0: Yeah, she says to them, um, when you make a wish into the well, if you hear it echo back, your wish will come true. And then she sings and then they're all like...
1: Yeah, <laughs> what is this, this? I think this is one of the things I remember really fondly about Snow White is the personality the little given to the animals. Yeah. is fantastic. Mm-hmm. We've, we, ha- I say adopted. We haven't really adopted this pigeon, but
0: we kind of have. We but, have a pigeon now.
1: You know, it it basically has come by our flat. It's unfortunately had its tail dyed pink, and clearly it's been abandoned. And we're trying to get hold of it, like to to coax it in, so that we can read the little yeah, tag she... and
0: she doesn't know how to look after herself this is not a wild pigeon this is somebody's pet or a homing pigeon or something that is lost but yeah she's ours now and she looks exactly like the little pigeon that blushes because of the color of pink that is on our pigeon yeah so i was like oh it's It's pig (laughs) yeah we call her pig Widgeon. the pigeon (laughs)
1: um I, i think this is a really fun song because how often do you get a duet with yourself You know, and Mm -hmm. you have her sing and then you have the echo. And it's a really fun idea that I really... I
0: also love it because we then get the, you know, you're expecting her voice to mirror back to her all the way through this song. And then when the prince joins in, it is quite... You do jump because you're like, oh, God. Oh, yeah. And
1: especially, you know, we see him sneak up on her. And then when he he disturbs the duet and sings, he scares her away. It's like completely understandable. And then he sings one song because he has but one song. Yes one song i have but one song
0: <laughs> yep
1: and i, I like that snow white you see her like oh i'm in my rags and there's this beautiful handsome prince and i can't really engage with him because i'm I'm but this poor scullery maid but then she goes out on the balcony it's really cute and then you zoom up she
0: like checks her hair quickly yeah, yeah.
1: You, you you pan up to the queen and she's just looking there disgusted like, from the curtain, she's just like, ugh, this is disgusting. Like, me, when I see teenagers in the playground being, like, affectionate with each other, I'm like,
0: ugh. Uh, children.
1: <laughs> and well, she... Snow
0: White is the youngest Disney princess, because she's, what, 13, 14? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And yeah, yeah. She, shuts, she shuts the curtains, and this is where we get the cute blushing bird, and I thought that was really fun. The, yeah, the bird, I just love the personification here. But she kisses here. the
0: pigeon, and it flies down, or dove, or whatever they think it's going to yeah. be. It looks like a pigeon. It flies down to him and then he kisses it as well. And then the pigeon's like, awesome.
1: Oh, oh, how handsome. A handsome man has kissed me. Yeah. The Queen sends Chris Hemsworth to kill Snow White. Yes. And he must return with her heart.
0: Yes. Well, so the Queen has been asking her mirror for years who the fairest one of all is. And he's always said that it's the Queen... Until Snow White is of age, and then he's like, nah, it's her now. Yeah, (laughs) sorry, she's She's not coming into
1: her beauty. Yeah, yeah. So, naturally, because
0: of the era that it's set in, because it's not set in the 30s, obviously, this is like medieval, pre medieval, like you know, 12th century, whatever. I'm assuming it's before Sleeping Beauty, and there is a line in Sleeping Beauty where the prince is like, Wake up, father, this is the 14th century, (laughs) which is hilarious. can't wait to get to that one but so i'm assuming this is like 12th century germany or yes. wherever it's supposed to be set. i think it's germany
1: i think it's germany
0: but so yeah she's of age because you know people are dying when they're 30 in this world yeah so yeah she's of age now so she's the most beautiful so the queen is like cool got this box specially made it's got a dagger through a heart in it bring me back her heart yeah very on brand we love it
1: yeah she's a great villain like basically all she's
0: very powerful
1: she's very powerful all she wants to be is be the most beautiful that's it you know and we don't need more than that uh obviously i think this is where the popularization of evil stepmothers has come from
0: although they only say that in the uh the scroll at the beginning you know
1: yeah i think snow white references it when she's talking to the dwarves maybe but i'm yeah uh you know and it's nice and simple Go and kill her and just to make sure the job is done, bring me her heart in this box. Yes. And then off they go. Snow is now in her iconic outfit for some reason. I don't know why why she's been allowed to dress up for the death.
0: Well, she's leaving the palace and maybe these are her clothes that she wears to not be a scullery maid. She must have nicer clothes.
1: Maybe she's been told she's on official royal duty. Like there's a public Royal and a private face. Duty. Yeah, like there's there's a public face of Snow White, so that everyone in the kingdom assumes all is well yeah. with their young princess. Because mm-hmm. people people would know, there would have been like you know like the Lion King, you know Snow White's mother and father would have got Rafiki to hold her from the top of the castle.
0: Yeah.
1: So people know she exists, and then obviously Evil Queen has taken over. Mm-hmm. And she must have, like, the public face of Snow White does this, but the private face of Snow White is actually a scullery maid. So maybe she's in her royal gear.
0: Well, people know that she's the princess, so I guess if you're sending her out with the huntsman to kill her, you don't want this huntsman to go and tell people that she's been a scullery maid all these years. Yeah. You would just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, wear this. Because public facing. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: But yes, uh, she helps a scared bluebird. Yeah. Which is really really cute. I love, you know, they do such a good job very quickly with this because it's such a short film and they're very quick to kind of tell us everything we need to know about this character. Yeah. And you know the way she's like, "Oh, you poor little thing." And she helps a blue, But then you have this like scary huntsman lurking in the background. The The shadow's really good. And he goes to kill her. But he breaks down. He's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm so
0: sorry, princess.
1: And he tells her of the queen's plan. And she runs. He's like, she means to kill you. Run. Run. And off she goes. And this bit took me back to being a child having nightmares.
0: The forest. The forest
1: sequence is brilliant. It is terrifying. You used
0: the GIF of this this morning, I
1: did. We did a D and D session, and my character is apprehensive of the Fae. And we we walked into a Baba Yaga hut, yep, in the middle of a forest. And you know, this was this is what my character would have been like.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, I sold my soul. I was actually trying to find. So... I was
1: actually trying to find the crocodile logs.
0: Oh yeah, because that happened to us too. Yeah, that was very cool.
1: RDM definitely watched Snow White this week. Mm-hmm. But this bit is great. So where she runs and she's getting caught on the trees and we we see the trees morph from branches into like hooks and hands. And the soundtrack to this section is great as well because like the pace of it's fantastic. Yeah. And just the animation, it's so otherworldly and quick. And because we firmly see this through Snow White's gaze, we don't know the secret workings of it. So when we see the trees morph into these hideous, grotesque features, Mm -hmm. but then you have these big, Eyes that surround her and everything, and it's only when she passes out, yeah, and cries that everything calms down. And we start to see things objectively, and we see that actually these eyes are just the woodland critters. But it's such a brilliant sequence as she falls into, you know, the the pond, and you have these logs that morph into crocodiles. Because it's dark, she's terrified. She's basically having a panic attack at this point as she runs.
0: Yeah, so in this scene when this was released at Radio City Music Hall the theatre managers replaced the music that's played over this mm-hmm. without Disney's permission because oh, they dear. thought the music was too scary for children so they had somebody play a different bit of
1: music <laughs> <inaudible> <laughs> They thought the kids
0: would be too scared to hear it but
1: oh, everywhere else was fine. I I agree, the music is scary but that's the point, it's really, really good. Yeah. And this this bit, I have to admit, even watching it now at nearly 32 years of age...
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It is. It is a scary sequence. It's a very, very well animated sequence that I think stands the test of time very, very well. It's not. You're not laughing at it. Yeah. You are. You are very much in Snow White's position, and it's great.
0: Yeah.
1: So the critters come to calm her down, and she wakes up, and they run off scared. Yeah. And she apologizes. I'm so ashamed. Of the fuss I made, yeah, you know, and it's really, really cute. Like even here, she's like, she's calm now, and she's like,
0: she's so nice.
1: It's these animals, like 100%. She's like, oh, all I care about is you, you know. It's like Chicago is all I care about is love, <laughs> and she's like, all I care about is fluff.
0: She says, what do you do when you're afraid? And then the little bluebird's <laughs> back, and he's like trying to be a big man. Oh, and you, you sing a sing song. A song. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. I love we just how... We get with it... a smile and a song. I love this song. Yeah. I love that all the animals come up and cuddle her.
1: Yes. I wonder
0: why I identified with this character when I was a child.
1: <laughs> but this is the thing. All the animals have such a great personality here as well. And you've got a really nice, diverse like mix of animals. Like You see like the birds. You've got you know Bambies, Raccoons. Raccoons. You've got my favourite little turtle, tortoise fellow.
0: Oh, and you have the quails. These yep. quails show up in so many or pheasants, depending on what you want to call them, they're in so many different Disney films and they are the same in every single one and they're so cute yeah. and I love them.
1: And this is a great song because, you know, she feels happy now, that power of singing, which again, my D&D character sings when he's stressed. Yes. So I think he's a little bit Snow white. You are so right. Right. But, you know, the way she interacts with the critters, she talks to them like they're people, which is a very relatable feature, you know, for For animal people, I think.
0: Well, and it's the start of Disney princesses having animal friends. Yes. Because they need somebody to speak their feelings to. And animals are good because animals, you just animate them to look cute or sad or react the way that you need them to. They don't have to talk back.
1: No, but there's lovely personification of them that you get a sense of human personalities Mm -hmm. that, you know, works for us. They feel... They feel like it's a two-way conversation, even though it's not. Yeah. They take her somewhere she can stay. And this is the first time we see the house in the middle of the woods. And one of the things that really struck me is how beautiful the animation of the stream outside was.
0: It's really nice. It yeah. looks
1: like actual water. It mm. was really beautifully animated.
0: Well, that's another one where they made the layer for the background and then cut out where the water would go and then animated the water separately yeah. so that it would move.
1: It's great. It's
0: just really cool.
1: So she knocks twice and naturally no one's home so she lets herself in. (laughs) Obviously. And I love the way she's like seven little chairs but such a big mess. And you know it's like whoever lives here is disgusting. Yeah. I I feel obviously we talked whilst watching it the fact that she's like oh it must be seven children seven very very messy children. Maybe they don't have a mother. Yeah. You know from the perspective of knowing that you have the seven dwarfs, that's not an okay line. But I guess if you are Snow White's perspective and you don't know mm-hmm. the dwarfs exist, it's a natural conclusion to come to. Yeah, but I do like this moment as they go through the house and they're like, everything is gross and disgusting. There's cobwebs. My favourite bit is like the broom is like this brand new broom, but it's covered in dust and cobwebs. Yep. And Snow White quickly realises that she can provide a service to the yep. owners of this house, you know, in, a, in the means of hopefully like, if I do this for you, you'll let me stay here. She's like, I will clean and hopefully they'll let me stay. Yeah. And we get whistle while you work and the animals are more of a hindrance than a help.
0: She has to keep telling them to stop doing stuff. So the squirrels are sweeping all the dust underneath the rug and she's like, no, that goes outside. And then the bit that made you gag is the deer is licking all the plates clean and and then passing it to the chipmunks and the chipmunks are then drying it with their butts. And she's like, no, 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 no.
1: Use water and soap. Well, this is it. But, you know, the, the little squirrels, they then choose to brush the dust into a little hole in the wall. Yeah. that this angry mouse then comes out and, like, kicks it out and kicks up a right stink. Yeah. This scene is less spoonful of sugar mm-hmm. and more cut every corner from the Sherry Bobbins episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. Because they are literally cutting every corner. I like the bits where, like, you know, they're using their tails to dust the cobwebs up, but then you've got, like, the little chipmunk who, like, uses his little tail nothing happens and he falls down but he has this huge grin on his face we get the angry spider who's like, you've you've destroyed my home. You know, this is a really, really fun sequence. And I really love this. And they go outside and the tortoise is being used as like, you know, with his washboard, like shell to scrub the clothes clean.
0: Yeah. The
1: deer hates being used as like a drying rack. There's so much personality to these animals, but it's yeah. really sweet.
0: I love the deer.
1: And yeah, I, I think this is such a fun song. I remember the song and I remember this sequence very fondly. And I think you know, there's so much charm to this.
0: Yeah, it really is. And there's so much character, like from a movie where they were really just trying out a lot of these things because Walt Disney said when a couple of years after this came out, he was like, we've learned so much in the years since making Snow White. I wish we could just make it again Yeah, and fix everything that we wanted to change.
1: Somebody read that interview and, uh, it's made like, that we'll just modern. remake
0: it? No, no. I don't need any more live action remakes, please. I don't, I don't
1: do. mind. I don't mind the idea that the remakes, provided like there's something substantially different, offers more to the story. So, like, if they do remake Snow White and they refer to like the Queen takes the Prince and you have like Oswald the Skeleton and like adding that to Snow White the story is an interesting.
0: Well, and this is the thing: if they update it in ways that are going to empower people by you know, casting accurate actors to play all of the characters, specifically the characters of the dwarves, and not just superimposing somebody's face like they onto did someone with else. Mirror
1: Mirror and Snow White and the Huntsman. Yeah, yeah,
0: and because that actually at least does something to promote new actors who we wouldn't know much about mm. before, because. My biggest, we will get to the live action remake of Beauty and the Beast, but my biggest issue with that is that they were like, this is a feminist retelling. Belle was already a feminist. <laughs> what did you need to change?
1: I'll say this, and we'll talk about Beauty and the Beast, but Luke Evans is a dream.
0: Luke Evans was great casting. And like, I, I will have never an issue not... with somebody who refused to wear a corset for one scene of the whole
1: movie. Yeah, but Luke Evans makes that film. I'm glad that film exists just for Luke Evans' as Gaston. Anyway, this is great. I love this whole sequence. And then suddenly we're in a mine, in, in a mine. mine. <laughs> we're a million diamonds.
0: Shine.
1: Yes. Yeah, so we go to Hi-Ho and this is great. They, they dig, no, dig, this dig, song dig, 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 Yeah. So we have like the Hi-Ho dig, 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 dig sequence. The dig, dig,
0: dig song. And then it goes into Hi-Ho.
1: I really like the bits. So like as each of them do their little thing and you've got Doc who's like, Doc's check.
0: job is to, like, check the quality.
1: But I like the way he, like, knocks with them in time. So it's dig, dig, dig. And he knocks, knocks, knocks. And you hear the, the nice chime. And mm-hmm. you get the ugly one and he throws it away. And Dopey just wheelbarrows them. Now, in my mind, I thought it'd be really funny if Dopey, they just put them back on the line. <laughs> <laughs> on the line. The same thing over and over again. <laughs> For Doc. Um, do you want to talk about how much we hate Dopey here? Is this the right time to do this?
0: Yeah. So Dopey is the only dwarf who's referred to by name by any of the other characters. Any of the other dwarves, because they don't call each other Sneezy or Bashful or anything. They obviously have names <laughs> that they call each other, but Snow White is the only one that calls them by their... Uh... Chosen names. I don't even want to say chosen names. It's their, like...
1: Nicknames. Character trait names. Well, but what's Doc's character Tropes. trait, then?
0: He's in charge.
1: That's not... A ca- but what, why has Doc got that? He's a doctor. He's not a doctor. I think Doc and Dopey are the only ones that have names. Yeah. I think he's
0: People used to call their grandparents Doc because it was just like a sign of respect. He was just in charge person. But yeah, Dopey is so bad. He's such a bad caricature of. I I think it's supposed to be a simple minded person. Mm. But by modern standards, we know that that's not what that is. And that. Just the way that they've animated him is so harmful. There,
1: and there's also some really grotesque things to like the the way he interacts. Like his ears. The ears is is disgusting. Like, you can really,
0: really see the Dumbo stuff that they took from this.
1: Yeah. I just you know. The fact that Dopey is like the butt of these jokes. We're not necessarily I feel like we 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 grow to love Grumpy more than we do any other of the dwarfs. But with dopey he's not necessarily affectionate he's we laugh at him because he is this caricature and the animation of a lot of things he does is really disgusting yeah you know i i will admit i the kissing
0: thing i hate oh and we'll get to that in a moment we'll
1: get to that in a moment i i i did think that the diamonds in his eyes was funny like that's the one thing I, i i like that dopey does where you know he sees these diamonds and he puts them in his eyes and he gives doc a bit of a fright that is funny. Like, I like that practical joke thing and the animation of like multiple eyes and don't, I think is cool. But I just, I don't like Dopey's animation. And yeah. I don't like Dopey's character. But I guess, you know, you need somebody to laugh at. Yeah. It's just a shame. Well,
0: so when the script was originally written, the dwarves were the main characters.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: And we followed them more than anything else. And there were a lot of scenes that were cut. To make room for Snow White, basically, they thought that the relationship between the Queen and Snow White was more important than the relationship between the dwarves, which I would argue is true because we need to understand why Snow White and the Queen have this conflict going on. However, however, we spend more time with the dwarves.
1: <laughs> yeah, it feels like there is more emphasis on the dwarves' relationship with with Snow, Snow White. White. Yeah, especially because realistically, this takes place maybe over two days.
0: Yeah, it's like two or three days. Yep.
1: I love the shadows as they do the hi-ho and they're walking down. That's so, very cool.
0: Fun fact. The enemy who works on this is called Seamus Colhane, and he did this whole sequence himself of the dwarves marching home to high ho He said it was the toughest assignment of his entire career wow. because he had to have six of the dwarves marching in tempo and then dopey at the back out of tempo with everybody else and they all had to have their own character and their own movements mm. and look like they were all individual people, but they all had to be in time to the song as well. Except Opie. Yeah, except OP. And he had to map each individual walk on separate sheets
1: Blimey. in
0: pencil so that he could map them all out before he put them all onto the like transparent paper That's that you made. He said I worked for six months on that goddamn thing, and it doesn't even last a minute on screen.
1: But it is, though, isn't it? It's lab- labors it of love. It's the same with like the claymation stuff. Oh you yeah, know, how much, how much time and effort things like that take. Like the shot in Wallace and Gromit, the wrong trousers, the bit, of the train sequence is so ambitious and so like incredible. Well, he's
0: putting the things down. Yeah. yeah.
1: But you you know, it works. This is it. This is why I think this film works the way it does is because everyone plays their part and even moments that arguably, yeah, they're on screen for 30 seconds, if that, are lovingly created. Yeah. And so much effort is put in to make this a magical experience. Do
0: you know what the Queen's called?
1: Grimmil- Grimmilhide? It's Grimhild. Grimhild.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I don't know. I guess that changed to Regina Mills down the line. I, mean, I, I get referring to her as Regina in my notes because, you know once upon a time We cut back to the Dwarf's house mm-hmm. Snow White goes upstairs, it's less messy I guess they don't spend much much time and they literally got up there to sleep and she says, what funny names, and I just point out alright, Snow White Pot Kettle Black or Pot Kettle White I guess in this instance
0: Yes <laughs>
1: You know People in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Snow White. But she sleeps on three of their beds. I think that's rude. It
0: is kind of rude.
1: Uh, the animals settle in two, but then they run.
0: Because they hear the doors coming back. You want know fun fact? Yes. Sleepy and dopey are left-handed.
1: Ah, interesting. Yeah. I think this is a great scene because it establishes that Snow White can sleep through anything. Mm-hmm. One of my favourite bits is they run downstairs just as the tortoise, who's been biting his way up the stairs, gets up. And then they'll run out. Doc notices the light's lit and they're all nervous now and they resolve to sneak up. Yep. But their sneaking is awful because it's more like squeaking. Which, you know.
0: Oh, do you know how they did this? Because Roy Disney did that.
1: What, the squeak noise? The, the squeak
0: noise is his leather wallet that he creaks in half oh, cool. because when you fold it, it makes like a squeaky shoe noise. And he just found that out. He was just doing it one day and they were like, that sounds really good. I do like
1: there. the squeak. Mm-hmm. It's a nice little moment. I, I forgot the Doc modelled his words a lot. Yeah. I, I think that's a weird character trait. that. I guess because he's got nothing else defining about him. It's pretty much the only thing they could think of. Who, Doc? Yeah. Glasses? Yeah, but there's nothing about him. Like, you've got Bashful who like, oh, I'm Bashful. you got Sleep, you know.
0: Right, so I have previously auditioned. To be a Disney face character. Yes. I'm very tall. I'm nearly six foot. And so I was auditioning to play villains. Because that's all you get if you're a tall uh, female presenting person. And they were looking for the stepsisters, the stepmother, uh, the evil queen and Maleficent Mm -hmm. at the time. Because it was coming up for Halloween and they wanted new face actors for all these characters. So I went along and auditioned. And they got you to do... In this like little sequence, everybody had to do a princess, a villain, and one of the seven dwarfs. And I looked it up beforehand because it's always the same, or at the time it was always the same audition. Yeah. And there were like tips on like good movements to do. So for the princesses, everybody had to curtsy and you had to pick how you were going to curtsy. Yeah. And then for the villain, you had to strike a villainous pose. So I I watched films to like see how the villains posed. And then The dwarves, you had to pick a dwarf and do three movements that represented that character. And when we got there, the person who was running it was like, do not pick Doc. Like, what will you do for Doc? Don't pick Doc. We're telling you. Yeah. That's a waste of your time. Yeah. (laughs) Because, like, he has no character. No,
1: he really doesn't. And this is it. The extent of his character growth is he muddled words. Yeah. And I think that's why he's so forgettable and boring.
0: He's basically um Porky Pig.
1: Yeah. Yes, yeah. I think really we, it should you know it'd been better if it was Snow White and the Five Dwarfs.
0: Who else would you get rid of?
1: Dopey, Dopey. yeah. Just have happy, bashful, sleepy, sneezy, grumpy.
0: Yeah. yeah. Nice.
1: The Very dwarfs impressive. seem really angry that their their house is clean. And Grumpy
0: touches the back of a chair and is like, "It's been dusted." He
1: says, "There's dirty worker foot," and I thought that was really funny. Mm -hmm. You know, like nice pun work there, Grumpy. And I tell you, this is where I came to the conclusion: actually, Sneezy has only become Sneezy
0: because he's been living in this house,
1: in living in squalor, living you know years of living in filth and dust. Mm -hmm. So uh, they tie his nose with his beard. That's funny, but he still sneezes. And I, I thought this was quite cruel. Because the birds troll the dwarfs and spook them. Like, why are they doing this? They they know that Snow White's upstairs asleep. And also know. Funny. They, they think it's funny.
0: This is also our foreshadowing that Snow White could sleep through literally anything. Yeah. But as she does at the end of this movie.
1: What if these birds got the dwarfs so riled up that they literally just went in and killed whatever was upstairs?
0: I don't think they would that, do
1: that. Well, they were going to. No. But, you know, I don't think the birds helped. They should be calming the dwarfs and not, like, riling them up. But, yes, they, they they send Dopey upstairs because he's the expendable one.
0: Yeah.
1: And he, he runs back downstairs when he sees Snow White stretch, thinking it's like a ghost.
0: Yeah.
1: And he breaks all their pots and pans and they go out. <laughs> they go out and they're ready to, like, knock him down. They beat him up. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's just Dopey. And yeah, Doc nearly ends the movie early because they all go upstairs into and say, "Let's kill it before it wakes up."
0: And then they realise end of
1: movie. It's a girl. <laughs> yes, uh, it's a pretty girl. Mm-hmm. And yeah, all all the dwarfs except Grumpy fall in love instantly. And Snow White wakes up and you see. I remember seeing that shot of their noses like popping up over onto the
0: bed. like that's yeah. been something
1: that's repeated in those like Disney movie vignettes on all the VHS's and she guesses the name successfully but Happy only has to go and ruin the game doesn't he it's like I'm happy
0: and this and is, this is dopey. dopey
1: it's like yeah. thanks Happy you ruined her game not so happy now are we <laughs> And I do like Snow White's grumpy voice. Oh, somebody looks a little grumpy. Yeah, she's very funny. It's very funny. She's got a great... She's got a lovely personality. I forgot this about Snow White. That she's not just this frail character who cleans. She's actually quite funny. Mm.
0: And we were talking about this while we were watching it. In all of the artwork for Snow White... She's got the classic, like, Disney tiny princess waist. Yeah. In the film, she doesn't. No. She's, like, fairly normal looking. Yeah. For a child, you know, because she's, like, 14. She's got a normal body type. I don't know. I wrote part of my dissertation about Snow White and about how, for the era that this is set in, she knows that her only worth to other people is her ability to clean, cook, and look after them. And she makes use of it. And how is that not a feminist trait? Yeah. But, you know, people, people, people really don't like the way that she's portrayed. And I think it's really interesting. But I
1: think, again, that's because people haven't watched this for a long time. People they go remember back it on... from
0: when they were a kid. Yeah. yeah. And if
1: you watch it now, actually, Snow White, she's actually quite powerful. Like, she brings herself back, like, after being scared. She goes, oh, how silly I was, you know.
0: Yeah. The bit that people are against is that, obviously, she gets kissed, magicked by a prince to wake up.
1: Yeah. The dwarfs know she's the princess and Grumpy knows of the queen's black magic Mm -hmm. and says she might be invisible and be here right now. And, you know... That
0: would have been very interesting. It would be
1: interesting. And they get a little spooked. But Snow White agrees to clean and cook so she can stay. And she says that dinner's nearly ready downstairs. And they all go sit down on the table. They have no table manners, but they're told they must wash first. Yeah. Doc says they washed recently and Snow White kind of tests them. They will put their hands up and she's like... Happy. I'm really disappointed in you. And the, the way that the dwarfs were like, like really meek about this is they know they're in the wrong, and they're like, I just love it that the whole sequence of all of them showing their hands and some of, like again sneezing sneezing into his hands. God, no wonder he gets like
0: he's ill all the time. Yeah. Yeah. When and <laughs> um, dopey puts his hands out, it's just the sleeves of his shirt because it's too long. And that animation is reused in Fantasia when Mickey is the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Yeah,
1: I could see the robes.
0: Because it wasn't originally going to be Mickey the Sorcerer's Apprentice. It was going to be dopey. It's
1: going to be dopey. I'm so glad it isn't. I don't think Me that would to. be iconic. I mean, you've got the pop Funko of like Mickey Sorcerer's, Sorcerer's apprentice. apprentice. Yeah. I think that that costume of his is iconic. Would it have been if it was dopey? No. You knew. One of my favorite descriptions of water mm-hmm. comes from Happy. Gosh, it's wet.
0: He touches it, yeah. This is where they say Jiminy Crickets for the first time. Yep. We love it.
1: Which I think as a child would make you... If you watched these and had no idea of the context, you would think Pinocchio comes first.
0: Unless you grew up in the 30s when this came out, in which case you would know it was a euphemism for Jesus Christ. No,
1: I know, but this is what I mean. Is like nowadays watching, if you're a child watching these, you'd have no... You know, not aware of Snow White's cultural impact. You would think... This Mm is a reference to Pinocchio. Yeah. We get the washing song. I I think Doc does a lot of explaining, but not much washing. You know, he's like telling everyone what to do. Explain
0: why this is funny that this is called the washing song.
1: Oh, when we read, when we watch uh, the musicals, Drew will always have the soundtrack attached and tell me what the songs are for my notes. Yeah. And I had written for the wishing song, the washing song, because I've misheard you. that's what you. you thought I'd said. So I thought, oh, we do have a washing song after all. (laughs) I like the little fly in the soap bubble, like the way the fly falls in, like the animation is really nice. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you know, we have Grumpy be like, oh, I'd like to see anyone make me wash, which is famous last words, because everyone goes and grabs him, puts him in. And they tell Dopey to get the soap. And of course he can't do that. And he ends up like tripping and it bounces against the, tub into his mouth and we get this awful sequence where he's like hiccoughing which is again it's it's that kind of noise it's like ugh, it goes on too long and it's a little like stomach twisting yeah but I, I do like the bit where you know they're washing grumpy i think that's funny and i like the you know the way that the song works with the rhythm we get the brush 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 noise mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a nice little sequence and we go back to the castle first you know we've we spent a long time away from the Queen. Yeah. Realistically, it's the same day. So the Queen believes Snow White to be dead. We don't see the huntsman anymore, mm-hmm. but she has the box. And she says, magic mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? And the mirror says, it's still Snow White, for she still lives because in your box you have a pig's heart. Yep. And she's angry, so she goes down to the basement to sulk. Yes, I'm surprised she doesn't go first and, like, kill the huntsman.
0: Oh, as she goes down the stairs... The OG hidden Mickey.
1: Oh really? Is behind I her was head. looking for hidden Mickeys throughout this whole. One. I didn't no, see there's
0: one. There's only one, and it's the stones behind nice.
1: her. Um, I I forgot how freaky the crow was in her basement. Because he yeah, really evil. Yeah, because you sort
0: of associate that with Maleficent.
1: Yeah, but like it's the angles as well. Like I think Disney does a good job at making their villains quite angular, whereas their princesses or good characters are softer Soft
0: shapes. Yeah.
1: So you know, this crow it's is quite good scary. The ingredients in her, like, hag potion, like mummy dust, that Mm. is disgusting. Like, some of the things, I've really thought of some nice evil ingredients. The only one I could definitely remember was mummy dust. Yep. But I do like the the potion making and the colours. I, you know, I think it's really ironic, isn't it, that in her pursuit of being beautiful, she ends up making herself this. Yeah, and she doesn't seem to ever really react to looking at herself in the way she is. Like you'd think for this character, whose sole motivation is, "I want to be the fairest of them all," that this would be quite awful. But is it either is it either a disguise potion, or is this a potion that removes her disguise?
0: No, <laughs> it's a disguise potion. Yeah. So, the actress who voices uh, the evil queen is Lucille Laverne. And they told her when she was voicing the character that when she turns into the hag, she needs to change the voice. It needs to be like an old, rougher voice. So she does both.
1: That's very cool, because they're very different voices.
0: Yes. And she said, oh, right, right, okay, that's fine. And she went, "Just, just let me, give me a minute. And she went out of the recording studio and she came back in and she did it. And they were like, that's perfect, that's amazing. And when they finished rapping for the day... They went and they were like, how did you do that? That's that such a good voice. And she said, oh, no, I just went and took my fake teeth out. <laughs> <laughs> which is very cool.
1: That's very cool. That's a nice, simple bit of like yeah. naturalism there. Yeah. <laughs> I really do like the uh, transformation and the crow's reaction of horror is great as well. You know, like, Ugh. and then, you know, we have the plan for the poison apple, which is sleeping death.
0: Yes, basically the, they'll bury her alive, which a, is a line I forgot was in this film. It's dark. Yeah.
1: But this is essentially a Romeo and Juliet's potion. This is what, you know, Friar Lawrence gives to Juliet, mm-hmm. you know, just in liquid form. But here it's a, it's an apple. Yeah. And I'll I tell you what I think this does a really good job of is you have like these dark scenes and then they go back to something really lighthearted. You yeah. don't let the tension go on too long that the Queen's scenes are very short they're important because they drive the narrative forward, but they're not so long as to scare the audience. And we go to the Silly Song, which is a really nice like sequence to follow up, like this really dark sequence. Yeah. The lute. And I really like um, how all the different instruments look like animals. So the lute looks like a duck. The organ was really beautiful and intricate. They all had these great little... Uh, the, one of the, 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 the fife or whatever it was, was a fish some really cool like designs with with all the different instruments and it's just a really fun sequence like you feel like they are having fun with each other yeah and i you know i don't have much more to say about it other than that you know it's a fun sequence you know dopey balances on sneezy to dance and that's the bit of animation that gets used a lot
0: yeah it's a nice little scene it's very cute
1: (laughs) yeah and it ends with bashful asking for a love story because he wants a love story to hear yeah
0: once there was a princess
1: yeah and yeah you get one day my prince will come and she's in love and grumpy thinks it's mush
0: yep
1: which i think is a really great like bit from grumpy's just like this is mush
0: obviously so gross
1: uh, the dwarves give up their beds for Snow White. And they're like, we'll be fine down here. We'll be comfortable. And then
0: they fight over the cushion. Well,
1: this is it. Well, six of the dwarfs are like, reassuring. Dopey's gone and he's got the pillow. Because Dopey is a little bit smarter than the rest of them. He's like, you know what? I'm going to settle down for the night. And they will fight over the cushion.
0: Explodes. They they get the comfiest looking feathers ever.
1: Yeah, Dopey sleeps on it. And it has the nice little squeak he pushes yeah. down on it. He's happy with the, the, the feather. Yeah, I forgot the Snow White prayed. That's yeah. a very interesting choice that I don't think you see in many films. No, that
0: disappears after a
1: while. Yeah. But certainly you can see where it comes from, you know. the But that's a very interesting choice. They pray in
0: Pinocchio too.
1: I don't remember Pinocchio. And we'll talk about Pinocchio next next month. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, she prays. And, you know, she, she. one of the things we hear is for Grumpy to like her. And Grumpy at this point is sat in the cooking pot. She's just like, bah. Hoof. Hoof.
0: Hoof. Yeah.
1: I like the little flies snore as well. They're all snoring. They're all comfortable. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think it's maybe bashful or... S-
0: Sneezy. Sneezy.
1: Yeah. Is um, sleeping on, on Dopey's butt. No, he like plumps up the butt. <laughs> it was quite funny. Yep. But yeah, everyone's asleep and we have this nice moment. And we go back to the Evil Queen. And we poison the apple and the way like she dips the apple in the potion and it comes out mm-hmm. and you see like it kind of melt into this horrible skull is great like it looks it's really cool. awful they
0: did a um i'm a big theme park nerd and i love merchandising at theme parks mm. and disney do this thing with popcorn buckets where they make them look like things and one of the ones from years and years ago now at a Halloween party, was the poison apple and the top opens. You put your popcorn in it. It's It's a very
1: cool design. And then she just, she finished the spell. She makes it red.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, oh, I forgot. This bit always terrified me, where she turns suddenly to the crow and she goes, have a bite. The crow's like me. (laughs) Yeah, that bit always scared me as a child because it's so sudden and her voice is really scary. And... She says that the only thing that can stop the spell is love's first kiss. And I turned to you and I said, so it's a good job she didn't kiss the prince in the first scene, is it? Yep. Because if it's love's first kiss...
0: Yeah, it's not true love's kiss. It's just love's first
1: yeah, kiss. Yeah, I misremembered that. I thought it was true love's kiss. So she'd actually kissed the prince already, nothing would have woken her up. And yeah. it's the same reason why the dwarfs couldn't like kiss her and bring her back.
0: Mm.
1: Because they've technically had She's love's first kiss. yeah. yeah. And the same way, so they do a good job at the making the queen come across really unhinged in her hag form, because mm-hmm. as she's walking down, you see like this skeleton who's like in the dungeons with like his little Oswald. Was it that? Yeah, so that was Oswald.
0: Oswald the Prince, yeah. His drinks just out of reach, and she's she like kicks it over him, thirsty.
1: Have a drink, and it's awful. Like she's she's evil,
0: mm-hmm. like. <laughs>
1: it's scary you know even now watching this so i thought it was great and then she boats like the phantom into the woods yeah bum 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 uh-huh. bum bum and then yeah literally day two <laughs> yeah <laughs> come up uh she kisses them all goodbye i don't like the right so yeah dopey Dopey comes back like three times for kisses.
0: And, and every I, time he tries to kiss her on the lips and she has to move his head yeah, to stop him.
1: He's a creep. And and it's one of those weird things that, you know, as a kid you laugh and you're watching it now, it's like, that's actually quite uncomfortable.
0: I've like, been reading this thing as well where they're like, oh no, Dopey's clearly a child. And I was like, is he?
1: Well, he's not got a beard. He's and I think that's beard, why that's people think that. You know, maybe that's why he doesn't have a name. It's when you grow into a dwarf adulthood. That, you know, you grow your beard and you get your distinguishing, like, feature. or your, Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I really don't like it. I don't like the bit where he's all like, gee willikers, and he runs back through. And if I was Snow White, I'd kick him. I'd pick him up and, like, punt him across the bridge. There you go. You know, it's just uncomfortable to watch. And it's weird. It's that sort of weird thing that we're laughing at, like that male expectations that if we demand enough, we'll get what something hmm. And I'm glad that Snow White never caves in. Yeah, you know she just sticks to her guns, and I think on the last occasion she doesn't even kiss him; she just pushes him on his way, which is really good. Yeah, I love that Grumpy is preparing himself; like he's trying to act like he doesn't care, but whilst everyone else is going? He's cleaning his 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 head and he's getting ready to go, and he just stands there as Snow White's like waving. Go humph! and he gets his little kiss because he does care, and um, because he he he's you know no longer grumpy he's lost his defining feature he yeah. becomes clumsy the dwarf mm-hmm. as he bumps into things and you know everything but it's 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 nice here. I feel like he's the dwarf we should really be highlighting more throughout yeah like less dopey more grumpy because I think grumpy easing into loving Snow White is really lovely and if we had less of these silly moments with dopey and more of, of, of grumpy's growth I think that would be really cool
0: yeah I agree
1: The hag queen passes the scary vultures. I hated them as a child. and I still hate them now. Because again, the angles and the creepy smiles they have. They are, they are like nasty, you know?
0: Yeah. They're nasty on purpose. No,
1: oh, I know they are. And it's really, really good character design. But also, for a period of time, made me hate vultures. Like even just seeing vultures on TV would really, like, ugh. Which isn't, I mean, that that there's nothing harmful. It's like things like this that give certain animals bad reputations, you know. Shots, yeah. Yeah, and there's really nothing wrong with vultures. They they it is what it is. But Disney films as a whole really spread like misinformation about vultures as a specific breed of bird. Like you get it as well with Jungle Book. No, because they're the beetles in the Jungle Book, aren't they?
0: They're not, but yes.
1: Yeah. I, it just this bit here it's great it's
0: the, the vultures in The Lion King who try to eat Baby That's, Simba
1: but it's like and I remember because when I went to Disneyland Paris for the first time like when you do the Snow White ride they have the vultures and I didn't want to look at them I did not like the, the vultures and I don't like them I here I love
0: the Snow White ride oh people I love the people steal stuff of that I... all yeah. the time the poison apple has gone missing so often from that ride that they have like hundreds of backups Jesus.
1: Um yeah they follow the queen they sense that something's going on and then we have, I wonder what sort of pie she was making. It looked like pea pie, but it turns out it was a gooseberry pie. <laughs> and I think that she's learned something from her stepmother because she is also trying to poison the dwarfs. She's hoping that she'll kill the dwarves and be able to claim the house because she is literally having the birds with their dirty feet crimp the edges of the pie
0: I know right she wasn't okay with them cleaning like that but it's fine if it's in food I
1: just think it's funny it's really unsanitary people forget that but the nice moment with the queen is through the window and we first see like Snow White's reaction to her she's like hello dearie yeah and she says it's apple pie that drives the men folk crazy Mm -hmm. um no not for me Mm -hmm. the birds attack the queen because they you know animals can sense evil and Snow White scolds him and says, "Bad birds, bad birds, come on in!" Oh, attacking a poor old lady. Yep. And the psycho that she is, the Queen exploits this, and she realizes, "Oh, I've got an and she she acts more frail. And the animals like, "Oh no, this isn't right. We need to run." So they go find the dwarfs, and the dwarfs are still mid work. Yeah. And I like the music that accompanies this This and the cross-cutting. The, so the Russian music is really good as the, the animals run. But then we cut back and we see things going on. And I really like the, 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 the contrast of the two scenes where you've got Snow White and the Queen and the, the dwarfs and the animals. Yeah. It's magic wishing apple. I can't believe Snow White falls for it. You know, it was like, it's like magic wishing apple, darling, if you take a bite.
0: Yeah, but that's... The whole thing, but like, the power of these Disney princesses is kindness. Yeah. And, like, it's the whole... Oh, I always really bothered me that they never put this into Cinderella, but in the story of Cinderella and in the Rodgers and Hammerstein's musical of Cinderella, not the one that we watched, the reason why she is given a godmother is because she's kind and yes. just kind to this old lady and the old lady turns out to be her fairy godmother yeah incredible like you get rewarded for kindness in these movies and snow white is so unendingly kind is even it... when it is something that might serve her she's trying to do something nice
1: for, for everyone. everybody else yeah
0: and so this old woman is offering her something and she's worried about her so she tries to help her
1: yeah it's and it is. the
0: power of kindness. It really
1: is. And yeah, I really like the bit here. So like all the animals are trying to like tug at the dwarfs, and the dwarfs like, what's going on? They're trying to like shoo the animals until they suddenly think maybe Snow White's in trouble. And then they ride the deers mm-hmm. and they will start moving off just as the tortoise arrives. <laughs> Even in this moment of like high drama, we get something funny. And yeah, the, the back and forth, the back and forth, the real rushing was great. And Snow White bites the apple. We see the queen smile and we hear, oh, I feel strange. And you don't see Snow White drop dead. You just see a drop and then her arm and the apple roll out, which I think is very cool. Yeah. And it's interesting because even for a brief period of time, evil has won. It's very, very weird. You're like, oh. And I can't think of other films. Yeah, right? I can't think of many other films where you even get things like this I'm, i know there's loads out there but you know it's a really really interesting like huh mm-hmm. okay the you know the the queen goes to leave and she sees the dwarves and she's like oh no i better run and the dwarves give chase she climbs and, and they're chasing and you know there's no luck the vultures are watching her again and intently watching her they've got that evil smile oh oh it really just makes me feel terrified thinking of it I like the bit where she sees this boulder and she's trying to crush the dwarfs. And the dwarfs are like stepping back a little bit, like, oh no, what are we going to do? And she pushes too much that it cracks the cliff. Mm. And then she falls and the boulder falls backwards on her. So, it, and it's the lightning strikes as well, doesn't it? The lightning strikes. Yeah. Which is really lucky. Like, she doesn't die for her own fault, it, it's just pure luck. Mm -hmm. and you know you see the vultures just swoop down and you know what they're gonna do it's just weird like the boulders clearly like bounced off her and she's just there crushed
0: yeah
1: and we get the funeral everyone is very very sad if this was pokemon yeah their tears would have brought her back
0: that is true (laughs) (laughs) why did you do it pikachu
1: I think that Grumpy's sobbing is far sadder than Dopey's. And I feel like that's maybe not what they wanted. Like, I think because maybe we're supposed to have Dopey be our insert dwarf. Yeah. That seeing Dopey, who's always been like happy go lucky, sad, like this, is supposed to have a bigger impact. Mm-hmm. But I think having Grumpy actually crying is more powerful and more heartbreaking than anything else.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I don't like dopey. I tend, I just try not to look
1: no, too I know. much at what
0: he's doing. Same. Like at the same time, you always have all the animals crying, and that yeah. hurts me more.
1: Yeah, but I do think seeing Grumpy, who's always been like this stern-faced character, he's the only dwarf with a negative trait. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's gone from grumpy to clumsy to bereaved. Yeah, and you know he'd make that his new identity if someone was dead forever. Like he'd cross out grumpy on his thing he write bereaved and he'd go around with like little emo eyeliner mm-hmm. <laughs> start listening to my chemical romance <laughs>
0: yeah
1: <laughs> and i don't say that's a bad thing i'm a guy who's got multiple mcr tattoos you know like you can so see grumpy having that as his growth and this is where we get like the the more of the storyboard again is like so beautiful even in death the dwarves didn't bury her so they have a glass coffin so she'd be beautiful forever until she starts to decompose. Yeah, you know,
0: basically, <laughs> and then like, but she's just... not dead; she'll just sleep forever.
1: But she's not breathing.
0: Doesn't matter. She's so she's not but she's, dead.
1: Yeah, but this is it. But she, so she would event, you know. Um, but I love this. The prince arrives. We get the one song reprise and it really is like the animation of this spot where Snow White is in the forest, like the the flowers, the ethereal light. It really does look like the Dwarf chose a beautiful place to bury her.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Well, not bury her because she's not buried alive. She's, you know, presented. It is creepy that the prince wants to kiss her, right? Because there's nothing to suggest there's a magic spell. There's nothing to suggest he knows. He just comes up and he kisses her.
0: I'm not going (laughs) to... I'm not going to try and, like, reason with this and be like, no, but it's fine because he loves her. Because that is the way that people try and reason out of this. It's like, he's so overcome that the woman that he was in love with is dead that he wants one last kiss. It's
1: very Romeo and Juliet. Well, his first kiss.
0: Yeah. But... Also, he could have kissed her on the forehead.
1: Yeah. I, feel... I mean, she
0: has to be kissed to be woken. That's no, the, I don't know the... that. But I feel rule. like
1: if they'd had something in the little bit of text that came to be like, you know, many suitors came having heard that true love's first kiss could break well, the spell.
0: they never say true love's. They just or say love's. loves. You know. But, you know, the Maleficent movie?
1: With Angelina Jolie. Yeah.
0: Yeah where you get to the end and Maleficent is like looking for the prince because Mm -hmm. she's like, you need to come and kiss her right now. Otherwise, like, she'll be asleep forever. If you had the prince show up and then Doc or somebody be like, oh, thank goodness you're the prince she told us about. You need to kiss kiss her. her.
1: Yeah. Just something, just something to explain it, I think would be nice. Mm -hmm. But she wakes up, everyone rejoices and she says her goodbyes to everyone and um, nothing like Wizard of Oz, which is like, I think I'm going to miss you more than anyone else, Grumpy. You know, with the other six girls being like, well, thank you, Snow White. That's how we'll remember you. Yeah. <laughs> and she goes off happily ever after, and we get, someday my prince will come mm. as we zoom out. And the, 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 the book closes. And that was a delightful way to spend an evening.
0: Yeah. It actually was. It was very, it's like a cozy movie.
1: Have we talked about animated musicals before?
0: I don't know. We've done 102 of these things. <laughs> right? I don't know anymore. I can't
1: remember specifically. And I guess we've done like Lion King, which is, you know, despite being billed as live action, it's basically animated. Yeah. I, so, so like with that sense, I struggled with MVP because usually we look at a performer because like <laughs> we play, you know, we don't always follow our rules with MVP. Like sometimes it's the character or sometimes it's the actor with this one. I think like I I went for Snow White as the MVP simply because like so much of this hinges on her. Yeah. And like you say it is kindness. And I think, you know, she's, she does really try to take control of her own narrative. She never just sits back and is like, well, I'm dead. I'm just gonna, she really does try to take control and she's proactive you know, she says to the animals, can you help me find somewhere? You know this place better than I do. Like, she's rolled for survival. She's done a great job with that. She finds the dwarf's house and she says, I, I think if I clean, maybe they'll let me live here in, in return. You know, she she definitely seems to know her worth. And instead of just sitting back hopeless, she tries to take control. And her songs were some of my favourite songs. Yeah. So I'd say, like, Snow White is my MVP in this.
0: Yeah, mine too, because... Like I've already said about, like, the choosing kindness. That's the thing. Yeah. Is it's not she is just a kind person or she's good and kind. No, she chooses to be a good and kind person. And in the face of all of this horrible stuff, she chooses to be a nice, good, kind human being. Yes. Therefore, she's my MVP.
1: And this is the thing. Like, I could say also, like, MVP is 100% Walt Disney for taking such a gamble and it paying off and Mm -hmm. having this vision that you know despite other people like even his wife being like no don't do this
0: yeah
1: and you know being belligerent enough to just be like no i'm gonna do this like 100% mvp for that as well but in terms of the content that we watch snow white is such a great character to view this world from Mm -hmm. uh what is your favorite song in this one either
0: I'm Wishing or With a Smile and a Song. I think it's, no, it's With a Smile and a Song. I love that song.
1: I said Whistle While You Work just because I really like the sequence as a whole. Mm-hmm. There's so much fun to it. And having like, you know, the animals <laughs> being scolded yeah. is really fun. Which uh, song would you skip? Um, The Washing Song. I mean, it's not really a what song so much because it's not really singing.
0: Yeah.
1: But I like the melody. For me, it was one song one song i'll skip but one song i like how
0: they feed into each other yeah
1: but i i just feel like that song is so forgettable
0: yeah
1: but it's it's nice because it's our only song that you have like this classical male voice
0: yeah
1: you know like because the rest of the dwarf voices are very like character driven voices Mm -hmm. it's nice but it's my skip song which (laughs) right so live action snow white or if you can voice a character or we do snow white on broadway whatever yeah. You can play one character. I mean, for me, obviously, if we're talking animation, I would voice Grumpy. I like Grumpy's voice. But in terms of who I play, it's obviously going to either be the magic mirror or the prince. Mm-hmm. You know, I have no roles. You have two roles.
0: <laughs> I'd love to play the evil queen. Yeah. There was a reason why I auditioned to be the evil queen. Like,
1: she's cool. Yeah, the evil queen's great. be fun to play her. Yeah. So she's your role. Yeah, we've talked
0: about this before. I am not an ingenue. (laughs) I would, I never get a cast as princess. You're no longer
1: the ingenue. What were you
0: listening to? Oh, we've been listening to the Goosebumps musical soundtrack, and and we were talking about yeah, how there's a lot of characters in that that I could play, but there's one specific character who's like character actor character, yeah, like over the top, ridiculous. Always, I end up playing that part because I love it. It's great.
1: So over to Instagram. 86% of people said yes, they were fans of this one, with 14% saying no. We heard from uh, one of our favourite contributors, M. Hollick. Love this film. Even though the classic Snow White story I find really problematic and I don't think translates well in this day and age, it's super nostalgic, and if you ignore the problematic and, dare I say, potentially paedophilic, aspects of the storytelling. Snow White is supposed to be anywhere between 7 and 14, depending on which way you look at it. I do truly love the magical and classical feel that this film truly embodies and the music is beautiful. Yes. I think it works that we don't know how old the characters are. They do look, like the prince doesn't they look,
0: look similar in age. They do
1: look similar in age, but obviously, depending on different iterations of the story, you know, maybe the prince is a little bit older.
0: Well, in the Grimm story, she's a child. Yes. Child. She's like 7 and she doesn't get poisoned. She a piece of the apple catches in her throat. So when he kisses her, it's not the kissing her that does anything. It's she moves slightly and the apple dislodges and she wakes up. So, you know,
1: yeah. Um, Jackie Brookbank said my favorite Disney classic, which is a really, really good Disney classic. Mm -hmm. Over on Twitter, because we love our Twitter polls. Only 3% said I've never watched it. Hmm. So this is one that a lot of people... And I expected, you know, that one to have very minimal votes. I'll be honest, I thought people would have seen this one. 8% of people said hi, no, not a fan. 28% of people said yes, fairest of them all. The majority of people, 61% of people said it's okay. That's interesting. It is interesting. Uh, Theatre flashbacks... At Theatre Flashback One, this is exactly what I've been waiting for. Woohoo, I'll be right there with you. Mm-hmm. At CK is Killing It, it's okay, but it had a special place as it was the first film I saw in the cinema. I said a reply saying it's one that has more important legacy than most films, isn't it? And he, they replied, very much so. I guess the modern comparison would be Toy Story and the effect that had on full length animation films. Possibly could argue that without Snow White in particular, things could have been very different. Yeah. At Defining Disney, said we can't wait to see how these turn out, which is really, really exciting. And we did hear, of course, from one of our favourites of all, perhaps the fairest of all the contributors. Yes. Elena, who said parts of it are okay, but she did go on in more detail uh, with more contributions. It's not her favourite Disney film, but it's beautifully put together. She also shared... Uh, the YouTube video for Yes the evolution of Snow White's terrifying adventures because the story behind the attraction is interesting too, which it really, really is. Yeah. And she shared a thread where she had gone back and re-watched Snow White. Uh, the orchestration's absolutely gorgeous. It's still just as amazing today as it was in 1937. <laughs> if the prince serenaded me, I would definitely not run away, especially with that voice. The part with the forest used to give me nightmares as a kid.
0: I'm glad it's not just me.
1: What, that got nightmares from the forest? That got nightmares from the forest. Oh, I got nightmares from the forest. It's terrifying. But yes. Uh, How well has this one aged for you?
0: Not very. It hasn't aged well. The animation still holds up the fact that it changed movie history. Yeah. Incredible. But obviously there's a lot of things wrong with it because it's from the 1930s. Yeah. By modern standards, like I said before, we're almost 100 years later. Like, yeah, it's not going to be good forever.
1: What would you say your star rating is for this one?
0: I'm going to go half. I think a three.
1: I said four. Yeah. Simply because, whilst, you know, the narrative is good. Maybe it goes very quickly and we don't get as much detail as we would by modern ones. Mm-hmm yes parts of the narrative are problematic but i think the music is phenomenal i think the animation for, for this time as well and considering it had never been done before the animation is amazing but like also you've got these small sequences where you've not got like musical theater but you've got like great soundtrack going over the bits in the forest and the rush as we're racing back to save snow white those bits are really good and I think, obviously, Disney villains peaked potentially with Maleficent. Mm-hmm. But you have a phenomenal Disney villain here. And she's the evil queen is brilliant. Yes, aspects of the story don't work as well, but for me, I just thought it was really, really I enjoyed watching it and I I, I did feel like a kid again watching this. Yeah. You me know, too. it still made me scared at different bits, it still made me laugh. I think Dopey is, you know, maybe the one argument I'd have for maybe dropping my rating down to three. Yeah. But I, I gave this one four stars. Nice. Which is a really solid way, I think, to start our Disney recap series. Me too. We are off to the theatre this week. Yeah. We are going to revisit a musical that we saw the film of back in September. And we are going to see what it is like on stage. Yes, everybody's we are. talking about them. Who are we talking about next week? Jamie, I'm excited. You know, I I I, I thought the film was okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited to see the proper experience. Have you seen Jamie before on stage? Is this your first time?
0: I saw it in the cinema when the stage version was televised. Nice. So, yeah.
1: So, Um, this is your first live experience of it.
0: Yes, which I'm interested to see because the stage in the West End run was very different to the stage that we're going to be seeing it on at Woking. So, I'm interested to see how they do it.
1: And actually, I'm really excited because we are going to have... I think for the first time in in our history as a podcast, we're going to have, we've made a slight scheduling change, but we're going to have four weeks worth of life theatre experiences. So on the 21st, we're going to be talking about Jamie. Mm -hmm. On the 28th, we're going to be talking about But I'm a Cheerleader. Yep. Which, very excited for that one. On the 4th, we were going to talk about Avita, but for our second birthday episode, We are very lucky, and I think this is really appropriate, because it might be one of the best musicals we've covered, and one of my favourite musicals we've covered. We're going to see Singing in the Rain live. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that, and I'm very excited to talk about that. We are going to launch a bonus episode on our actual two-year birthday on the 6th of April. We're going to do something we've not done before. We're going to talk about a soundtrack and not a stage. What are we going to talk about, Drew?
0: We're going to talk about Goosebumps, the musical, the Phantom of the Auditorium. I'm
1: so excited. I am very excited too. And obviously we'll send out a poll around that time just for some thoughts. Mm -hmm. But we might talk a little bit about, you know, how we envision staging this from creative mindsets. Yeah. We've never talked about soundtracks before. And I know that's something you've said to me that... You know, maybe where we can't get pro shots, we could talk about soundtracks down the line. And this, I think, will be, you know, we're really excited to see what you think of this uh, as an episode as well. Yeah. And then on the 11th, we will be talking about Anyone Can Whistle. Yeah. From the Southwark Playhouse. I'm
0: really excited to go back to the Southwark Playhouse.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because that was our first live theatre where we saw the last five years. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, a nice uh, four-week period of some live theatre before we then return on the 18th of April for Pinocchio.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not as looking forward to that one.
0: No, me neither. And
1: then that wraps us up neatly for our third Phantom Week.
0: Yeah. And Drew tells
1: me there's something special on the horizon there. Yes,
0: there is. If so, you can guess what it is, I'll be impressed.
1: A lot of great uh, content on the horizon. And yes, if you want to try and guess as to what Drew's plans are for Phantom Week... You can get involved in the conversation over on Twitter and Instagram at It's a Musical Pod. Let us know your thoughts on Snow White, but also any of these other brilliant musicals we are going to be watching. You can subscribe to us on a multitude of good podcasting platforms. You can find us over on Apple Podcasts. You can find us over on Spotify. We are on Google Podcasts, the Amazon Music app under the podcast sections of the library. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Stitcher, you can find us on Good Pods, and you can find us on our OG hosts, Podbean. And if you like what we do, you can head over to any of those platforms. Make sure you're subscribed, but why not leave us a review? Or head over to podchaser.com and tell us what you love about this show. Isn't it? And we'd love to know your thoughts, especially on our first foray into our Disney series. Until next week, we will see you same bat place, same bat channel.
0: Have a magical musical Monday.